What's up, Wiz Kids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Jamo K. Davis here with Chris Gehring and Zach Rosen and Jeremy Hyman as we get set for the Wizards pre-draft workouts ahead of the draft coming up next month. Uh, we got some guys coming in here that are looking to make an NBA squad that we like to sit down and talk to them a little bit more about how their workouts win and maybe get to know them because you never know who's going to be on our roster. Today we will have Amadou Diallo from the University of Kentucky and Jarris Lyles from the UMBC Retrievers. So stay tuned for that. But first, uh, Jeremy, you've been doing these workouts a lot. Uh, it's always fun to talk to these guys. What do you look forward to with these pre-draft workouts? It's, it is fun every year. It's, it's been different over the years. I mean, when I, st I came in right after uh, John, John's rookie year, so John's second year, it was my, so my first go, go through with this was, um, you know, it was a lot different because the Wizards were a lottery team my first couple of years. Um, I think they had the sixth pick that year in 11, and then they had three in 12 and 13 when they got uh, Brad and Otto, those back-to-back -back years. So um, it's, it's a lot different now that it's not, you know, that the team is sort of a playoff team, and it's not, you know, you're not picking high lottery picks every year like it was kind of the first few years, but it's still a fun process. It's always, I like, I don't really, not that I don't care what they do on the court, but I, I think you can only get so much of like, what are they going to do in a one hour, like running drills and taking shots or shooting, uh, sh you know, how many shots. Like, I don't really care about that part. I like, you know, just meeting them, interviewing them, seeing what kind of guy they are, how they are, you know, just how they handle themselves. I think that's what you really can get out of, um, you know, bringing them into these kind of these kind of um sort of the situation that you want that you want to see them in sort of your local your local building with your coaches running your drills and then getting mm -hmm. to meet them with your own interviews so I always enjoy it I like meeting them and kind of seeing them at the beginning of their draft process because then by now you watch some guys you remember meeting like in this in this um you know the whole draft workout process you see them now and some guys you know five six seven years from now they become all-stars or you know really good players and you can it's fun to kind of remember them in this process like before they were really anybody in the yeah. league so I like that part of it and it's also interesting Chris if you look at players you know getting the storyline as you'll hear from Jairus Lyles about what it was like for a 16 to upset a one you know you you never know who's coming in and just kind of hearing their story yeah it's really it's 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 really cool to to I guess kind of get the full picture of where all these guys come from and, and how different it is for every each and every guy. And everybody has their story about how they've gotten to this point. And obviously when they get to this point, they've, they've accomplished a lot. I mean, they've played at these, they've played at college programs. They've succeeded at the college level. So to get to this, to get to this stage for them is, is a really, really big deal. And it's a, it's a select group. I mean, we'll see a lot of guys come through here every year for drafts, but if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, I mean, these guys have accomplished a lot to, to get to mm -hmm. this point and to get interest from an NBA team. And so hearing how they got here and, and you know, some of the some of the fun stories. I mean, obviously we had Chris Jenkins in here to talk about Villanova, Jairus Lyles and his, his story with them making history in this last NCAA tournament. Um, all that stuff is really fun to hear, and it's, it's cool to see – um, yeah, it's cool to see the human side and some of the cool stories as they go through this this very long and arduous and uh, 
process and, and kind of have to explain it at every level. Um, they do a lot of interviews and do a lot of stuff, but it's cool when you get to sit down and, and uh, hear that, hear those, hear those stories. Zach, um, what, what, what players do you, when you're watching a draft workout, what do you not so much like to see in the draft workout, but just seeing how they are coming in here from college, maybe some of them are underclassmen mm-hmm. or seniors, a different level of competitiveness or understanding what they're going through when you're watching the workouts. I think being competitive is always one of the biggest things to look at, but uh, what we really like to watch, and I'm sure front offices would say the same thing, is shooting is big, for especially if you're a bigger guy. If you can consistently shoot in these one-hour workouts, you know, it's different than the real court, but to be able to at least shoot consistently for a little while is really important. And then the other thing I think is just a natural watch is just to see how they play with people they've never played with before, mm-hmm. to see how they see the court, especially the the guards. And then um, it's it's all competitive, really. I mean, most of, most of the guys that come in together are about the equal playing field or draft projection. So you, you'll see the list that we put out. It, it, it makes sense who comes in at the same time, and there's not really a huge disadvantage by any mm-hmm. means, and most of these guys played against each other. I mean, like today, Chioza and Diallo were both in the SEC, so they've yep. played against each other. Um, so it's just like Jeremy said, it's really hard to take away too much, but I think you you got to look at at least a few things. There's a reason you bring them here, and then obviously the off-the-court stuff when you meet with them because all the players usually meet with the front office, the coach, that kind of thing, to see what kind of per- person they're like. And um, you can get a lot of – their stats and stuff from the combine or if you ask them they have them ready for you or the agents do so you try to zero in i think on a few things and for a specific player like maybe for diallo he's not really known for shooting so you see if he's improved on that um and and i'm sure he'll talk about what he felt like he did well and some guys that are defensive specialists it's hard to see that as much in a workout um so there are advantages and disadvantages to these workouts for sure yes it's a very hard the whole process of drafting and projecting players it's so difficult and obviously it is because look at every year how many guys are picked you know with high picks that don't pan out to how you think Mm -hmm. and these i mean these are the best people there's so many numbers i mean these scouting departments are so so enormous now you know but i'm not throughout the leagues and throughout all sports it's not just basketball but projecting guys it's such a difficult business. It's so unpredictable. Um, you know, you see examples of it every year. Um, but, th- but you have to go through this process because you just try to make, you know, to make the best possible decisions that you can. Um, it's going to be fun this year. The Wizards, for now, have their 15th and 44, I believe, mm-hmm. is the second-round yeah. pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have two picks again, because, you know, the last couple of years the Wizards haven't had their picks. Um Last year they had it, um, so we had some second-round workouts, but then they traded it late, right before the draft. Right. Um, but uh, if they do hold on to the picks and have, you know, and draft two players, that will be fun to have, you know, real drafted rookies again and do the whole summer league experience with them again, because um, we haven't had like a true rookie from the draft yeah. uh, since Kelly Oubre. Um, we'd have, you know, we've had so the long ago. undrafted rookies, so like, you know, with Sheldon Mack and those guys were here. Um, but to have a drafted, you know, a drafted first round rookie, like, like similar to where Kelly was picked right in the middle of mm-hmm. the first round, Is it 14, uh, yeah, they traded up from yeah. 18 to 18, 
Um, now they, uh, I think it was 14 or 15. They traded up like four spots, I think, to get to get Kelly. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we have we have a whole month to discuss draft projections. I mean, there's so much mock draft. It's like <laughs> mock, the mock drafts right now are just throwing yeah. Yeah. just darts yeah. at the wall. But uh, it's fun to it's fun yeah, to kind of look people, at them and see what they're on. Yeah, what their teams are looking at. And I can tell you from the ones that we see so far, it's like, well, this is just completely random. It's all over. I mean, but that's 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 what a whole. I mean, it's all everything's. It's, it's all all over the place. It's Nobody just like knows. Your fantasy draft. Yeah, and yeah, so it's real life and really impacts yeah. a lot of people. So. It is. It is fun to see how some guys shoot up boards and some will fall down boards from mm-hmm. even from right now to um, a month from now when the draft is, which is, that's always amazing to me. Like how guys could from people you know professionals that scout this full time you know it's a full year year round thing how guys can just change like their perception of them can change so much and guys just can some guys shoot way up like a guy that you know you thought like now is projected in the second round shoots all the way up and you know a few people start talking about him they love this guy um yeah like (laughs) some guy and some guys have wide really wide ranges where like you know, you could see him going from mid to late first round to some have him not drafted. And that happens a lot with some of the, you know, European players that, you know, we, we as, you know, Americans here that watch yeah. college basketball in the NBA, that we don't get to watch as much European basketball. But some of those guys, that can happen where they just shoot up boards or guys that, you know, the international game so so much bigger now and some guys there's guys that sometimes get drafted that like you got to you know search through your papers to figure out where this guy played where he came from um there's not a lot of information about some of these guys but um i don't know it's it's it is a fun process it's a whole month we have a about a month from now until the draft in new york um i always look forward to it all right well hopefully you're looking forward to our next couple of interviews the first one hamadou diallo from University of Kentucky, and then after that, we'll have Jairus Lyles from the UMBC Retrievers. Stay more tuned. coming this week. Yeah, yeah, more coming this week. It'll be exciting. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Joining us now from the University of Kentucky, Hamadou Diallo. Welcome to Off the Bench. We appreciate you giving us some time here on our pod. How you feel? Oh, man, I'm feeling great. Yeah? A little bit tired from a tough day at work, but yeah, feeling uh, good, man. Thanks for having me. As we often ask, our first question, what was a workout like? What did they have you going through? Uh, first off, it was a great workout. I mean, very competitive. I'm trying to get guys to get fatigued and try to see what type of player you are after that. I mean, great workout. I mean, pretty much basic things, shooting off the move, shooting off the catch, playing one-on-one, playing two-on-two, and playing three-on-three, just trying to make us make tough decisions under pressure difference you, you fresh off of the draft combine how how is it different when you get into more intimate environment when you're playing against guys and and you know in front of a specific team that is is looking at what where you can fit with them how, yep. do, how does that does that kind of like flip a different switch in this process for you and kind of a long process leading up to the draft it definitely flips a different switch i mean you bring a dog mentality but at the same time you got to have fun i mean you're competing for a job i mean yeah. god put us in god put us all in a position to compete for this job and you just got to be happy and have fun with it. But you definitely got to come with a different type of dog mentality and try to go after guys and compete with guys. I mean, you guys are all here to interview for a job, basically. Yeah. I mean, you, you've played with some elite players with Kentucky. I mean, you played with Coach Cal. It's kind of the, the top, you know, you're a, a five-star recruit, all that. 
How now are you, how do you think all that's kind of prepared you for this next step of your career? Well, it prepared me a lot. I mean, I got to play one year under Coach Calipari. I mean, great coach. Guy really cares for his players, and he taught me a lot in my time there. Taught me a lot about the game and taught me a lot about myself. But, I mean, it was a great year. Obviously, we played with great players. I mean, didn't get to end the year how we wanted. We lost in the Sweet 16, but it was a great year for a young team. And we fought, we compete, and we always have fight in us. John John was at the workout today, and, and he is obviously one of many UK alums that, that are now in the NBA. How does that built-in network kind of help you guys? And obviously, Coach Cal, with, with how he interacts with his players, keeps up with his players once they're gone, um, how has that helped you in this process, and what kind of words maybe have you gotten from, from him or others? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a brotherhood. I mean, it's a brotherhood, definitely. I mean, John is a great player. He had a great time at Kentucky as well. And he's just been like a big brother to me. I mean, just telling me just always keep competing, just keep competing and going out there and fighting. And we built a solid relationship throughout the years. What was the difference between last year when you thought maybe you were going to go to the NBA, then you pulled back? What helped you make that decision this year? But also maybe start with why you really decided last year, no, I'm going to spend one more year at Kentucky. Uh, I decided to spend one more year at Kentucky because I felt like I was settling. Uh, I didn't give it a try, and I wanted to go out there and show everybody what type of player I was. I mean, there was a lot of question marks about me yet last year because I was just a mystery player to drive. Nobody thought I would do it. So this year I, wanted, I just wanted to go back and just try to show everybody what type of player I am and give it a shot. I mean, I felt like if I would have pulled came out last year, I would have been settling. And that's something I'm not known for. I like to go out competing, get for everything, get everything that I work for. Nothing to be handed to me. And for for those that didn't get to watch Kentucky on an everyday, <coughs> sorry, on an everyday basis, those that didn't get to watch Kentucky, tell us what kind of player do you see yourself being, sort of at the next level? Uh, I'm a two way guard, definitely. Uh, I could get after it on the defensive end. It's something that I'm trying to really stick to and really focus on. I'm um, competing on a defensive end with my athleticism and my length. And offensively, I'm a slasher. I'm a driver, and I'm improving my shot every day. And my shot has just kept getting better throughout this whole summer and it's going to keep improving to be a, definitely an outside shooter one day. So when you when you finish the workout and you get to talk to coaches and, and you know other people are watching the workout, what are the kind of things that, that the Wizards coaches told you to work on or um, what they liked from you today? And then mm-hmm. um, for you personally, as you go through this process, what are your what are your goals to kind of keep improving and, and showing, you know, showing teams what you have and, and where you can go if they draft you? Uh, I mean, they're just telling me to keep competing. Keep competing. Gr- great workout, of course. And just keep trying to get after it on the defensive end. I mean, that's what everybody really wants to see. So that's what I really have to prove. I mean, just keep competing on that end. But for, for the most part, the feedback has all been great. And it's all been going the right way for me so far. And so you're, we talked before we actually officially started the podcast how you were looking for something to eat around D.C. <laughs> how do you build a routine of being prepared for this workout you come into a city you know how many other drafts workouts are you going to how do you kind of build that schedule and kind of stay in a routine and figure out what i'm going to eat do you Mm -hmm. have like a actual health schedule that you're on of what to eat and how to eat i definitely was on a health schedule for pre-draft but now i mean everything's out the window i mean you can't you can't whine about things i mean you're getting into a city late you got to find a way to get something to eat, find a way to get your rest, and find a way to get up and pick yourself up. Like I said before, it's a job interview, and don't let nothing stop you from that job interview. Whether it's a delayed flight, 
whether your flight is late, no matter what it is. I mean, I was coming here this morning knowing that I'm competing. No matter if I had a workout yesterday, if I had a workout the day before, I'm always going to try to bring a different level of energy and try to show that I didn't have a workout. That's my goal. And we've, we've talked to you, we've asked you a lot of questions now about your basketball's kind of background. Tell us a little bit about your personality, yourself, off the court, some stuff you like to do, music you like to listen to, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm originally from Queens, New York, Left Rack City, born and raised. Yep. Um, I went to high school in John Bow for two years, then I went to Putnam Science Academy in, in Connecticut. Uh, I'm a really family person. I like to be with my family a lot because I don't get to really see them around the whole calendar year, so... Just try to hang out with them a little bit, hang out with my brothers and my sister. And the favorite, my favorite artist right now, I have to say Meek Mill. Okay. I mean, he's a great artist. I mean, and everything he's been going through, I could just relate to him. I mean, he relates to all the guys that grew up in inner cities and trying to make it out and trying to do well for their family. And that's what Meek Mill represents. So that's why he's my favorite rapper. Wow. Great okay. stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah. We Thank you guys you for best. having me on. Man. Thanks, Holly. Yeah. As you go on to whatever other workout, you know what you're, where you're going next? No, we're still pending right now, trying to figure wow. it all out. Okay. okay. Awesome. All right. Wish yeah. you the best. Thanks for yeah. joining us. Definitely appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you, man. Yeah. All right. Welcome back. We had a great first interview with Amadou Diallo from Kentucky. Now joining us is Jarris Lyles from the UMBC retrievers and I, I bet you know you might not even need an NBA career if you could have a dollar <laughs> for every time everybody wants to talk about that 16 <laughs> over the one seed. Yeah, I get that a lot <laughs> yes yes um, welcome thank Appreciate you for it, joining man. us on the pod thanks for having me how was your first workout here with the Wizards uh, it was great man um, this is my first uh, ever NBA pre-draft workout uh, it was a great experience uh, and just to be able to do it in your hometown uh, for the Wizards in front of John Wall, in front of the coaching staff, and in the front office is, is just a blessing, man. I'm I'm very humbled right now. And Jarris, you've had you've had kind of a unique, you know, startup in your collegiate career, mm-hmm. moved around a lot. Just how is the whole process of of that? You know, moving from uh, VCU, yes, and then it was Robert Morris, correct, and then to to UMBC. So just to take us through sort of your your sort of journey to where mm-hmm. you are now. Yeah, like you said, um, out of high school, um, committed to VCU, was there for a year. Uh, things didn't work out how, exactly how I planned, so decided to move on. Uh, still talk to the coaching staff and even the players that I was there with. Um, still got great, great relationships with all of them. And then I decided to go to Robin Morris, kind of the same thing. Uh, just didn't feel like it was the right fit for me. And then, um, you know, transferring two times in less than a year is kind of hard, so yeah. a lot of schools are not going to – be open to taking in a kid that, you know, it could possibly be a, a problem child or, or right. whatever the case may be. But, you know, UMBC gave me uh, an opportunity to come, and I'm forever thankful for that opportunity. And, you know, uh, it just was the right fit. And I've, I've taken off as far as my career, basketball career there and academically. So when you when you get through this tournament process, how does that, you know, how, how did that elevating your guys' mm-hmm. profile kind of jumpstart this process for you and um, – I mean, when you talk to coaches now, how often is that brought up? And 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 now, like, where do you where do you grow up from here? Um, I think that you know, being able to do what we did and starting with the America East tournament, um, taking down Vermont on their home floor in that fashion, um, I think that helped us a lot with as far as the media attention. And then you know, going into the tournament and being able to take down the number one seed, the number one team in the nation, Virginia, how we did is you know, it's gonna 
not even talking about me, is going to help those guys that are coming back next year as far as attention they get. They might get some ESPN games, yeah, which will help them in sure. the future, which is I'm very happy for, you know, because, you know, mid-major, we don't get the uh, same opportunities or notoriety that, you know, high majors get, so it's kind of harder for us. But I think um, being able to uh, do what we did in that tournament is going to help those guys. And then the coaching staff, you know, uh, their opportunities later on in life, whatever they want to do. So I think it's just I'm just grateful for for that opportunity. And then as far as me, um, you know, everywhere I go, they want, everybody wants to talk about that, <laughs> that game. Um, and, you know, it really hasn't sunk in yet what yeah. we did. And I don't think yeah. it will for everybody until later down the line when we can look back and it hasn't been done again. And we're like, dang, that yeah. hasn't been done yet. It's yeah, right. been another 16, 20, 30 years, and nobody's beat a number one seed again. So I think it'll be even specialer. Uh, if that's even a word, I'm not <laughs> more <laughs> later special. down and yeah, more special yeah, yeah. down the line. So yeah. you know, it's just it's just blessing and, uh, and humbling. I know that you get a lot of media members asking mm-hmm. you about it, maybe family members. Do other players like at the workout today? <laughs> did any players say like, "Yo, what was that like?" or "How'd you do that?" What's your fondest memory of that game as well? Um, well, yeah, you know, you, you talk to some players and they be like, man, that's, it's great what y'all did. And, you know, they talk about how exciting it was to watch um, when you talk to other players that are from other teams. And even being down there, you know, people be like, you know, great job. And then it was happy to see, like, other teams in the arena, their fans <laughs> cheering for you, wanting you to win every single game after that game. And even during that game, just be like, oh, this, this could happen. So just b- being able to see them cheer for us. Um, but, you know, it's just been, like I said, humbling. And then. Um, can you repeat the, the last part Just of the question? A, a memory. Is there, you know, oh, you okay. said it hasn't yeah. sunk in, but is there mm-hmm. one, a play or whatever that's just like you you replay that all the time? Uh, I'm not sure it's any play. Um, I think going into halftime when the score was tied 21 21 and just seeing everybody's um, face on the team, because we went into that game very confident and thinking mm-hmm. we could win that game. So. Just going into halftime and looking around the locker room and, and getting everybody's reaction of what we did that first half and how we contained them to only 21 points and, uh, and kept up with them offensively and knowing that we weren't even playing that good offensively. Yeah. Um, everybody had their spirits were up. You know, we were looking around. It was like, yo, we can do this. Like, just another 20 minutes and we'll be there. So, just I think that moment right there when we knew we had the game going into that locker room. <laughs> when we came back out, you know, it started with Joe Sherburn. Um, he hit – he ran off like five straight. And I could see it in his eyes. He was like – it's go time like, we, <laughs> like and when right. he gets like that I could just oh, it's gonna feed off on everybody it doesn't even start with me sometimes you know I'm I'm the leader of that team and I lead vocally and by example but sometimes it's other guys stepping up that instills confidence in everybody and then when Joe's playing like that we're like oh we good yeah yeah that's what it looked like I mean just watching it as a fan like it looked like they were the more confident team it was mm-hmm. they were, it was it was an unbelievable experience watching that as a fan yeah. and we we had uh, Chris Jenkins on this a couple of years ago. You, if you remember, hit yeah. the hit obviously the biggest shot in college, probably in the history of college basketball. A lot of history there. in the DMV, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, another, yeah, yeah. another <laughs> local guy. Um, but I think we asked him a similar question. Like obviously, he hits that shot. Everyone just everyone asks him about that shot mm-hmm. with you and with this team pulling off history in a you know a different kind of way, but. How much do you like that it is it's such a cool moment you probably you'll never forget it but now you have a whole basketball career to focus on you know a whole future ahead of you and how much now do you kind of want to you know distance yourself and say you know I'm also I'm still a I'm a really good basketball player Mm -hmm. and I kind of want to move on from that and like get on with my career (laughs) I mean I don't really have any control over yeah like the media and then people yeah. coming up to you. So I just take it one day at a time, but I just continue like just to work hard every day and knowing that for myself, 
nothing's promised. Like, just because we won that game doesn't mean yeah. I'll get picked up by a team or even drafted. You know, I still got to make a name for myself because, you know, maybe fans know me, but I need front offices and other NBA coaches to know me. And mm-hmm. I got to go uh, showcase what I can do on that level. You know, I, uh, you know, through my two and a half years, I think I played at UMBC because I didn't really play that much in, in college yeah. because of my transferring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I had a, a, a really good career there, but, you know, just being able to build on that and that being satisfied with winning that game or even winning that tournament in America East, knowing that you got nothing's promised, especially when you get to this level. Like, everybody's good. Everybody's just going to be just as talented as you. You, you got to separate yourself, and that just comes with working hard every day. You're a DMV guy, the math of the math guy the basketball in this area obviously there have been a lot of guys that have gone mm-hmm. on to the next level from this from this area and i just want to know is, is there a guy from this area that you grew up with that you played with here growing up that you've talked to or, or you know anybody from from the dmv that you've gotten in touch with to get you know ready for this process and now your your professional career going forward um i say the most imp- probably the person i talked to the most about this process um would be Coach Jones, um, yeah. my coach at uh, Matha. Y'all know him, because um, he, you know, he's he's been through this process many many years now. And, you know, yeah. coming from Matha, he has probably I think he coached like six or seven pros in the league yeah. right now, or overseas playing more than that probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows like what it takes, uh, like how to handle yourself. So just he's just been a a, a good teacher, and um, I'm learning a lot from him. And then. Um, I don't necessarily talk to those guys because, you know, Victor still play, was still playing. He was in the right. playoffs a couple uh, weeks ago, and then Quinn Cook still playing, and um, Jaren Grant. I never really had – because I, I came in as a freshman when they were coming out, so I yeah. got to play with them one year, yeah. but it wasn't really like – we didn't we weren't able to build that big of yeah. a relationship. But, you right. know, just I, I hear them shout me out. Uh, when we see each other, we talk a lot, but as far as, like, being able to reach out to them, it's not like that, but, you know, just I see how they handle themselves with the media in the NBA and then how they handle themselves on the court and then, like, all that hard work it took to get to where they are right now, and especially for Quentin Cook, knowing yeah. his journey and how he he, he, uh, he got to where he is right now, and I'm just – it's just it's, – it's really surreal when you when you can look back and you be like, damn, we got that many pros in the league? Yeah. Just for one <laughs> yeah. school? Yeah. And then it's Kevin impressive. Durant being from the DMV, he yeah. just won championship. It's like, yeah. it's crazy. We got a lot of talent out here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best on your journey. Appreciate it. Uh, look forward to seeing what you do. You got to, some more workouts coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah, um, flying out to uh, – actually, today I'm going to Toronto tonight. Um, take tomorrow off, and then we got to work out on Thursday with Toronto. So, All right. And All right. go from there. Don't right. forget the passport. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right now. Good, good, good. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thanks for joining us on the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, WizKids, we'll have more of our Wizards pre-draft workout as players come here to Capital One Arena. Ciao for now, everybody.